Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for the final, the final of life. That's right, ever. You're all going to die. Just a reminder to everyone listening to this that you will be dead one day. And also on that note, we're on to episode 24 of season 4 of 24. This is the episode 6am to 7am. It first aired on the 23rd of May, 2005. It was directed by John Kazar, uh, written by Robert Cochran and Howard Gordon. You might have heard of them. Really? These three people did this episode? That's slightly disappointing. <laughs> um, and plenty to talk about. And maybe like the episode itself, maybe we can rush through this and just uh, pretend there's yeah. a coherency to this because this is an episode of 24 that doesn't have much. And I'm saying <laughs> this right now. The second worst finale we ever get in the history of this show, not including Legacy. But is it still a good episode? We'll find out because there's still some very solid moments to this. It's going to be an interesting one to talk about. My name is Ben and... No! 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 And my name is Colin and that's an obscene suggestion. Um, Keeper's worst ever screaming at a helicopter ever in this episode. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, like, I I remember watching this live and loving it. Like, because I think I was still back in the day when I was disappointed by the season three finale, right? So, like, to me, this was like, oh, cliffhanger, like, better than season three. I was so down on the season three finale. But when I did my speed rewatch last year and I watched this, I'm like, wow, that episode is completely disjointed all over the place and rushed. I mean, literally, the cliffhanger that hangs this season and sets us up to next season happens in the grand scheme of, I think, 18 minutes. Um, mm. And that's in real time, not in Less. in episode time. I have written the timestamp down. No, it's 16 minutes. It is 16 mm-hmm. minutes that they can fake Jack Bauer's death, give him a new identity, and ship him off into the next season into the sunrise. So there are some issues. I think we've established that this whole Marwan dying thing should have happened earlier. There's a right around on this. There is a way you could have made this better and we wouldn't be complaining about what we are. Having said that, there is some great stuff in this episode. I've written down three potential top five moments. There's some great acting in it. There's just so many different questions around like, huh, what, really? It's just, I don't know. I just think this episode is very, very rushed. Yeah, and giving the benefit of the doubt, uh, as we kind of mentioned in the last couple of weeks, uh, the plan was to kill Marwan in episode 21. Yeah. And then when they said, no, we don't want to kill him in episode 21, we want to keep him around. The plan was that they wanted to wrap up Marwan's death. 
they wanted to literally do the opening scene of this episode is Marwan's death. And then you would have the rest of the episode to wrap up China and Jack's death and everything else, which leads me to believe that they wanted to maybe wrap up the Marwan thing even in the previous week. But, uh, you know, because of television, television at the time and people's expectations of finales, uh, and also the fact that, you know, at least here in North America, this was aired back to back. I think I mentioned last week, at least the theory I have that they didn't want to run the risk that people would tune out after the first hour. They wanted to hook them in for the second hour. So I feel like they had the intention to do everything that we think they should do, viewing this now from 2023 eyes of you know how you could do a finale. Uh, and probably the network just got in the way. Uh, but I mean, having said that still... It, there's a lot of like, let's throw them some things at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, and in the end, it doesn't quite work out, although it's still incredibly entertaining. Yeah. It's just there is such a jump in plausibility in this episode that I, I think stretches from anything we've seen in a- any of the four seasons we've gotten to up till now. And I, I agree with you completely. I think as we always talk about with the finale of 24, they're always an event. And I think that no matter how bad a season is, they still, or good a season is that they always are still much have viewing. And I think when I say this is the second worst, I think it, it, it comes from a level where, again, this isn't a bad episode. I'm not binning, I'm buying yeah. this episode still. I'll spoil it right now. I'm buying this episode still. It's just, it's, there's, there's something, this is like the Gili, where it's like, Gili is a bad film, what we get, but you can make that a good film. This is a good mm. episode, but you can make this a great episode. I think that Marwan's death needs to happen two weeks ago. The, the, the last two or three episodes need to be about this Jack chasing him down, conspiracy, faking his death. It's just so rushed. And that's mm-hmm. where it's entertaining. When it comes to the season seven finale, that's just scream at your TV, angry, this is so fucking stupid. Even season six, a dog shit season, has a great finale. Um, Legacy, eh, doesn't count. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like it's just, it's there's just elements to this which you just could do better. And yeah, I think... At the end of the day, when I rate this, and you might be surprised that I seemingly rate this higher than you think I'm going to rate it, I think a lot of that comes down to, it's as you said, it's entertaining. There's some amazing scenes in this. I, I actually do like the ending, like the cliffhanger. I think it sets yeah. us on an interesting path, and what we will get from that I think works very, very well. Uh, it's just the execution. There's something good in this episode. It could have been a mm-hmm. much, much better finale. And I think also there's a bit of nostalgia if I'm being deep honest, because again, I do remember watching this live, loving it. So there's probably a bit of that, which kind of, it's it's a conflicting pile of emotions for me right now. Yeah. Um, another thing is the network television model of you need an episode to be exactly this long yeah. also hurts this. And well, it was season three, I think, where the finale was extended, uh, where we got like an extra five minutes or something because they had less commercial breaks. Or maybe it was the season three premiere. But there yeah, was the first uh, season two and season three. I think the first couple of episodes were extended by about five minutes. Yeah. They had like no yeah. commit. They were quote commercial free. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that experiment had ended at this point, but you know, listening to the commentary that they had on the finale, uh, they mentioned that typically, you know, everybody has their jobs down so pat that they're looking to add extra time in episodes. It's like, Oh, we're coming in at 38 minutes and 42 seconds. We got to come up with an extra, you know, uh, four minutes or something like that. Whereas with this episode, there was a lot of extra stuff they had to cut. Now, having said that, seeing some of the deleted scenes for this, I'm like, I don't know if that would have helped the episode. So maybe again, like there, there's ways that this could have worked and there's ways they wanted it to work. 
but what they even got in the script and shot in the script doesn't necessarily stretch this out in the right way if you had had a director's cut. I almost feel with this we can do it chronologically. I just... Yeah. Because, I mean, I think, like, the Jack stuff is almost in three parts. Like, the... You know, sure, you can maybe get the... I I don't know. I feel this is just one of these rare occasions where we can do this chronologically and it's fine. If you're happy with that, we can... I'm happy. You're happy. very happy. Colin's happy. Look at the smile on my face. He's got an erection. He's that happy. It's the (laughs) first time he's got an erection since he had his babies. Um, I don't even think he had one back then. Jamie just slipped in the Made the babies. Made the babies. Had the baby? What did I say? I'm thinking of me. Um, So... That's how it comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Is that who it was? Um... So uh, we start off, obviously, and this is the thing too. I think this episode is so rushed and full of stuff and happening. Remember Mandy's in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> She's gone in two seconds. Like this amazing return of Mia Kirshner. She's gone. And spoiler alert, this is the last we ever see her in 24 until they bring back the reboot. She's in Rabbit Hole, which has just premiered at the time of recording this. Um, is she? I, I don't know. Is she? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like Maybe she comes oh. back. Like No idea. I mean, they brought back Kim Raver for Designated Survivor, so you never know. So um, basically, we've got uh, Mandy here. She's chilling. She's like, yeah, cool. I'm a terrorist. Give me my deal. And obviously, in the space of two minutes, and this is, again, first issue of the timing of this. This is a real-time show, remember, ladies and gentlemen. In two minutes, they've gotten a deal. They've got the Attorney General. It's like a five-page document if you look at Logan here going through it. And they've managed to find out that woman also tried to assassinate you. Now, okay, I... Let's just say, I, I, like, I like how they do this. I like how Mandy is left out in the open. And I'm sure if we got Hal Gordon on, we got John back on, like, they would probably say, like, yeah, we left it open-ended because we thought we could probably get her back mm-hmm. on again one day. And maybe they just they tried and they just didn't work into the storyline. In a way, I'm glad they didn't because I think it's kind of this mysterious Mandy character. You know, you don't always have to tie everything up. It's kind of good to have that person sort of there. So I like that you kind of get her there. And you kind of have her, you know, on that scale where you can bring her back. But, like, again, again, you've got to fluff the real-time format every now and then because you can't have everything super realistic. I understand that. But, like, they've gotten this massive policy going on and they've literally just gone, so this woman, we reviewed news footage and we saw her. So they didn't even know that this was her. It's not like she was on the... All they need to say is, like, we've been trying to find her for three years as like if somebody tried to assassinate the president of the United States of America, you were just going to let them hang out and go, mm, CNN might have that footage. Like John Wilkes Booth well, and Lee Harvey, Ott, like, I mean, they're more well known almost than the presidents. They tried, well, they did kill. So like, yeah. you know, these names and I get it. Like, shouldn't there be a line of saying like, we've been trying to find her for three years. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just so like, Mr. President, there's something you need to know. This woman, here she is, she was seen on footage the day you were nearly assassinated. We think it was her. <laughs> like, and like, I love how you got Palmer like, rubbing his hand like, oh, shit, Palmer, hand sore. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm conflicted because I legitimately like, like, I would feel robbed if they didn't bring this up. I think this is a great mm. plot to bring it in, but this is where it's rushed. It is done to the point where Logan sort of like, hmm, David, what should we do? And David's like, sign it. Are you sure she'll get away with crimes past committed? Remember that time she sped on Santa Monica Boulevard? Boulevard. Um, she is <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, it's it's. I see what they're trying to do, but this is again the nature of how this is rushed. Do this over. Like, I want to see Palmer conflicted. Like, I want to mm. see him. Like, you know, this is the worst period of my life. Like, I nearly died. 
uh, this set me in. Like, I don't know. Like, I want to see that. It's just so rushed because then basically from this point on, they're like, document, Do document signed. You've got like Frank at the Mandy Law Office. G'day. How you doing, Mandy? All good on my end. Lol. Thanks, Frank. Hangs up. So... Marwan is at the the rooftop of this building. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. See you, Mandy. Thanks for joining us on 24. And then within two seconds, Jack's in a helicopter and he's fucking at the building. For the first time ever, he's yelling on a helicopter when it comes to the phone. Edgar, can you tell? Like, <laughs> Jack's finally worked out that helicopters are loud. Um... So basically, this then all of a sudden, and Curtis has a line. What have I written here? So they found out really quick. They're in there. This is within like five minutes. They're in the helicopter and they're so obviously close to downtown LA where they can get to this. You got Marwan there going like, hmm, something's wrong. My spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> um, again, this is where it's like there's something missing here with this Mandy plotline, like I was mentioning last week. Like, why is he so concerned about this woman who apparently he's had nothing to deal with until now? Um, I love the fact that when Edgar's like, yes, there's a building and there's a helicopter in the Southwest Corridor. <laughs> Curtis being Curtis. If they fly low enough, they will avoid radar. Thanks, <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> He's Sigourney Weaver. Like you pointed out, I think that last <laughs> yeah. week. My job is to just repeat the obvious. So like literally, like then Marwan's all like, Yes, we're going to warm. The one time in all of 24, a helicopter has to warm up. <laughs> I mean, Jack didn't. Jack jumped in. Marwan's got a bum helicopter deal, if you ask me. But then he's all like, how long to our in international waters? 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I've flown into Los Angeles plenty of times. I've been in a freaking 747, which are faster than helicopters. And I'm like, you see yourself like slowly flying over the water before you land into L.A., like, there are islands, like, 10 minutes off the coast of California, which are still fucking United States territory. There is not international waters for, like, an hour, hour and a half. Like, fuck off, Marwan. Like, how, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to rush through this. I'm going to rush through this like the actual season. You can rush, catch up. Rush. So, basically, Jack hovers over the top of him. We can't land. We can't take off. He's above us. Pew, pew, pew. Shoots out the engines. There's a shootout on the roof. Random terrorist guy who we all know. We knew him for two minutes. He's dead. They're in the um the car yard. Random CTU guy dies. Curtis is hanging back. Did he get shot or something? Like, cause Jack asked him later on, like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, oh, "I'm alright." Um, <laughs> so anyway, pew pew pew, shoot out in the thing. Jack shoots Marwan in the ankle. Marwan then like jumps off the <laughs> the thing. I just fucking love Jack. No, no, like it's so bad, but it's funny at the same time. We got terrible CGI of Marwan falling off the. <laughs> it's, oh. almost, it's almost Scorpion King levels of badness the way he falls off. Uh, Jack yells at a helicopter again. Uh, we realize that once again, the nuke is like, uh-oh. Um, Marwan shot a, a transponder thing. Again, this is where it's so rushed. I said a couple of weeks ago, I like this tension of not knowing where the nuke is going. But mm-hmm. like, we need an episode to find out that it's LA. They literally are just like, Jack, we recovered some files. And you're going to have like Chloe and Edgar having like a little dick off battle again. And then essentially they're all like, Oh, I found some code. This is interesting. Okay. Oh, we're going to map it on a flight path. Oh, shit. It's coming to LA. It could hit us any second. And then we've just got this weird, like, exposition between, like, conversations of, oh, if you blow it up, will it go nuclear? No. Are you sure? It's designed to only blow up on impact. Okay. So, like, Marwan's literally programmed to go only blow up when it hits Fifth Avenue on Los Angeles. Well... Although that that is something that's true though, because I know I've I've uh, there's lots of other movies that have done the same thing, and uh, and I think they even talk about in the commentary that like 
a nuke is so well protected that, you know, it could crash or whatever, but it is not until it's scheduled to detonate or whatever that it will detonate. Well, fine, that's true then, but whatever. We've got a nuclear bomb <laughs> flying over LA. Just so happens the jet's flying around LA at fucking six in the morning. What are the odds? Um, and then we've kind of like, this is meant to be tense, right? This is meant to be like, oh no, Los Angeles. Like, Chloe has one of the most cheesiest fucking lines ever where she's all like, Oh, if that nuclear hits Los Angeles, nearly one million people will die, including us. Like, thanks, Chloe. Uh, like, none of these people are terrified. Like, right now, Jamie was like, there is a warning on the radio. Within the next three minutes, a nuclear bomb may hit Winnipeg. We may die unless a Canadian Air Force stops us. Are you going to like, oh, okay. So, Ben, let's get back onto the recording. No. Uh, <laughs> You are going to be shitting yourself. Even Jack's just literally standing at the roof going, hmm, maybe I can shoot it down with my pouting yeah. face. <laughs> I'll just get angry at it like it's a helicopter. <laughs> um, Jack Bauer's going to look for the bomb. Um, and then pew, pew, pew. I stopped an EMP. I can stop a nuke. Jet blows it up and they're just all like, good job. Again, this is a nuclear fucking bomb. And what makes this like the tension of this even less is that well, I've missed a scene here, but like it's Char, like Logan, uh, Walt, and uh, Palmer, because apparently they're all still hanging out. The cabinet's gone home. They're tired. Um, a nuclear bomb could hit the United States any second. Delete it. Mr. President, the Chinese ambassador would like to talk to you. Like, literally, this is where the president needs to be like, I don't give a fuck if we're going to go to war with China right now. Right now, my country yeah. could be blown up by a nuclear bomb at any second. Like, mm-hmm. but, pa- but Logan's literally like, oh, we'll take the call. Yeah, not doing much. How you going? Hey, buddy. That's, How's China that's, going? That's Logan for you. <laughs> but like, but even Palmer's kind of like, hmm, you should take the call. So we've got the like the ambassador here, which again, why does Palmer start? Uh, like, this is a call to the president and Palmer's answering the questions. So he's all like, hey, remember that whole thing about invading our embassy? That's outrageous accusations. Well, I've got the guy. And I love, I love Burns here. Hello, I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Snurrub. <laughs> I realize where that. No, they were saying boo Burns, boo Burns. <laughs> I am giving this statement completely on my own free will and not under coercion at all. My family has not been threatened and my little fingers have not been removed. Um, he's like, so that whole China thing, Jack Bauer's fault. Lol, see ya. Um, so then they're all like, you must deliver Jack Bauer to China. Because we want to have our way with him. So, and then we've got like Walt, Logan, Palmer. They're all like, oh, we're going to turn him over. And like, I'm kind of on team Walt here. Um, like, you hand over Jack to the Chinese and they're going to like fucking put him on trial and embarrass our country. Maybe we should yeah. like slip over and hit his head. Like, yeah, sorry, but <laughs> kind of probably a good idea. And again, Jack Bauer's protector. We get it. We know this is going to happen. But, like, the most interesting thing from all of this, and, like, again, I'm going all over the shop here, but this conversation between Walt and Logan, and, like, I, I, I would love to get Howard Gordon on or, or John Cazaro to, to know if they knew what they were going to do with Logan. Because I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but when Walt says, like, oh, sense. and then the way Logan goes, Walt, we do not condone murder in this administration and never will. Like, does that not seem Wink. Does that not seem really sinister the way yeah. he does that? I've got to think there was something there. Mm-hmm. Either that or maybe Gregory Itson was like, I'm just putting this out there. Logan could be evil. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Like, because 
again, we know this is a show that doesn't often pre-plan that far ahead, but that's got to be like the biggest stroke of like, or maybe they did this in a way and they went back and looked at it and go, hmm, remember that scene between Walt? Like, let's, because this is brilliant. Like, it just, it's so good. But um, anyway, so through all of that, basically, Marwan's dead. The bomb stopped. Yay, America is saved. And we've still got three thirds, uh, two thirds of an episode to go. <laughs> Uh, now the Mandy thing, like you mentioned, oh, how come the Chinese are calling? Maybe Logan should be, you know, doing some work here. But it's the fact that there's not even a look towards Logan. Like, may I have your approval to okay this? It's just like David. It's like, well, it was my hand that was scarred, so I guess it kind of is my call. Sorry, Logan. Um, yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, it's uh, the whole Mandy thing. This is something that's been done on Twenty Four multiple times already, and this is where you strip some of the tension out of this episode because as soon as they say, oh, we'll give her immunity, I'm like, all right. Yeah, they did this with Nina. They've done it with how many characters? We've also had them say, just make sure to write it in the contract that we have, you know, an out. So you don't you don't really care about the whole immunity thing. It just seems like last minute ditch effort. Oh, we got to get to the end of this episode quickly. We need one scene to wrap it up immunity. And it's just, it's been done so many times. I'm not saying it's like, Oh, there's something better you could have. Maybe if he had had two, three weeks to plan this out, like they could have, if they killed Marwan, then you actually could have done something more with it. Yeah. Um, but with Mandy, the thing I find mo- most interesting and the reason I think that there still is, there still was, at least in their minds, potential to bring her back is they're only acknowledging the one appearance in season two. Nobody yeah. has any knowledge she had anything to do with season one still. Very good point. And that's, that's where you would, you know, have a jumping off point for something bigger if you brought her back in season five, six, seven, eight. Make it the big bad uh, of a season. like Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you could do that in season seven. Maybe it would have worked a little better. But uh, <laughs> Will Patton. Uh, but but uh, funny enough, there is uh, apparently, I don't know where I read the trivia, that there was a plan that Mandy was going to be working with somebody in season seven, and then that would have been kind of a twist. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, but, I just, oh, don't get me sorry, because, like, fucking they don't even know who the villain is in season seven. Is it fucking John Void? Is it Will Will Patton just show up? G'day, Will. How you doing? There you are. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, with Mandy, you know that they have not even addressed seasons one's events, which is what is probably, I'm going to say a bigger deal. Cause like if Palmer was dead, maybe that would be a bigger deal, but like, he's not dead. He got a, a scar in his hand. I mean, sorry to just jump in, but that's a very solid point because like, if you, I've never really connected that because Mandy's involvement in season one was to help Palmer get assassinated. So she's kind of almost yeah. got like this, but you're right. Like, yeah, not bringing it up makes it interesting. But again, if they had have maybe done this and drawn it out, we could have had the whole last quarter just being about like, why do you have a vendetta against Palmer or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, cause like, and maybe don't know, but then she reveals it. Maybe she just has this like moment to Jack and just like, do you remember back like the key card that got, you know, you into that yeah. thing with the photographer? It was me, Jack. It was me all along. I am the author of all <laughs> your pain. Like, I don't know. Like, like, that's a great point. Like that would have been really interesting. Yeah, I I think that there probably was plans to do that eventually, which is why they don't address it. Um, sadly, we just never really got there. Have but, her be uh, the assassin in the next episode. Spoiler alert! Oh that, yeah, that and I was cool. thinking I was thinking that too. You know, when you were mentioning, oh well, it was behind like this vendetta against somebody. It's yeah. like okay, so what would have happened if uh, she showed up in the next one? But uh, I, I do have to question why Marwan has her on like his VIP list for his helicopter. <laughs> why is she so concerned? Like, she's, She's hot. She's <laughs> she's barely connected to his overall plot. And it's not like he's like, all right, we still got Jerry out there from season tw- or episode 12. And then, uh, 
What about that poor guy who got held up at the gas station? Beirut? I can't remember if he's alive or not. Beirut, yeah. Although I, I mentioned earlier in the season the deleted scene in this episode where uh, after everything's over and done with, they bring Beirut into CTU and it's like they had him in a shipping container. They're going to be sending him uh, overseas for, for a slave work or something like that. Wow, that's really <laughs> sad. And that's all they had. <laughs> but yeah, like there's a lot of people that should be on this guest list for Marwan. And I don't feel like he's ever waiting for it all. You know, like <laughs> this 10 minutes to warm up. <laughs> Is somebody going to be checking the engine? It's like, uh, no, we got a couple more degrees to go. They got like a, the, the, those uh, temperature thermometers that they stick in the engine. It's almost. <laughs> Almost there, guys. Almost you know, there. You know when you first like drive and you're always told to like wait for your car to like the heat gauge to go into like the middle yeah. and on a cold morning? No one ever fucking does that. Oh, and now they're saying it's not even necessary at all. They're like, hey, it's actually bad. It's wasting gas. <laughs> they're like, you need about 60 seconds for it to warm up. Uh, so yeah, this was this was 2005 thinking about warming up helicopters. <laughs> uh, it's outdated. But um, the other problem I think that exists with this is that we find out that the nuke is coming for Los Angeles. And I don't think we know at the point that Marwan is leaving, or maybe we do, but there is no way that if this nuke is going to take out everybody in Los Angeles, 10 minutes head start in a helicopter is going to get you to safety. Hey, like Marwan waters. is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like the, 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 the blast power of this yeah. nuke, especially we even see it right by here. It's like the the Dark Knight Rises. The end of the Dark Knight Rises. Like, oh, don't worry, we flew the nuke out over the water. Sixty seconds later, and everybody's safe. Uh, that it's either a nuke that's going to cause no damage except to one city block. Could have hit the bridge. Marwan's dead. And and like EMP. Even if you get outside the blast radius, your helicopter. What are you going to do? Land on the water? I don't, I don't understand what Marwan's plan is here. Uh, there's a lot of holes in it. The the shootout is pretty good for what we get. Yeah. Um. Marwan's death. It was funny on the commentary. Uh, they're very proud of like how it turned out because <laughs> now, now they basically shot this for real. Like it, they dropped him, but he's dead. Yes. <laughs> that's why we don't see him again. Uh, but they drop him like 15 feet into like a green screen airbag or something like that. And it, it does like, it looks okay at the beginning. Like the, the fall looks very violent. Like it's quickly toppling over himself, but the fact that they have the green screen, you can tell. It's like, oh, that's it reminds me of nice. Luke in Empire Strikes Back, falling down yeah, the chute, ah! <laughs> yeah. body floating, uh, and then they just immediately cut away. Which again, television budget. You know, I'm not blaming them. You 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 work with what you have to work with, but when you see somebody fall 15 feet and then all of a sudden you cut away to somebody's expression, like, oh, and then they're on the ground, like that. No, don't be proud of that. It doesn't look good. Um, yeah, it's just, there's, there is a lot of rushing and maybe if, uh, it's an interesting way to start an episode, like we're going to start with our climax and I still give them some credit for that. It's not something we've really seen before. We're going to, you know, wrap this up in the opening sequence, but where do you have to go from here? Uh, normally the struggle would be, well, you got nowhere to go from here, which is what they're probably worried about. But the problem is you have so much to go here. Yeah. That there's there's no chance to actually get any traction with the story that's left. I mean, it's a bit. It reminded me in season three in the way that you kill your main villain off in like the opening ten minutes of the finale. Um, mm-hmm. I'd still say this is a better, the threat was still there for that one. Yeah, better death than still Saunders. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, <laughs> at least it wasn't Jenny from Accounts whose husband died like ten uh, hours. If ago. only Edgar had shown up at the top yeah. of the building and like thrown him off. See what I mean? When I complained a few weeks ago about when Edgar's like, I'd like to get him in a room. Like, what? He doesn't go anywhere. Um, so, um, so basically, we kind of get a bit of a lull here with a few CTU stuff before all of a sudden it, but like. Did you love this? I, I I don't know if she's on CTU uh, 24 Wiki, 
So when Tony's walking back into the building, Michelle's here with like Karen, who is the most <laughs> boring person in the world. Did you hear like Karen talk? She's literally just, I don't know if it's Karen. I'm just calling her Karen. She's like, the bomb was destroyed. There was no nuclear residue. <laughs> A few people on the ground were hurt, but we don't think there's many casualties. And Michelle's just like, get out of the way, Karen. Tony's going to lick his throat. She's like, okay. She's like, she's got to be just like some sort of, script writer or not an actor like they've just gone like, yeah, yeah. like Karen get on set she's probably the fan like, I think they used to do like a fan walk on like you could win a walk on on 24 or something like that that's gotta be her I don't know did you pick up on that because she is so bad no no I didn't pick up on that but but the way you're describing it I was thinking this was like some type of like office contest all right whoever gets the score closest in the Super Bowl uh, then, then they get to have a surprise walk on, and some PA wins it that has like clearly no acting ability. In their oh, body. it's so freaking bad. Um, I can see here Michelle is briefed by a staffer, and uh, <laughs> is there a page for a staffer? There's a, no, there's um, unnamed CTU agents. She is listed as Michelle Desler's assistant. An agent informed Michelle Desler that no radiation was admitted when the nuclear missile was destroyed over Los Angeles and that there were no casualties despite some damage from the wreckage. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so... Oh, what a woman. <laughs> She's so boring. I'm falling asleep right now thinking about her. But anyway, uh, Tony's back. They're licking, sucking face. Oh, God, I'm so glad I saw you. I heard you were dead. Oh, um, basically rips his dick out right there and gives him a blowy. Um Good for them. Uh, I then love how it cuts straight to Paul Reigns in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> we just literally Remember this, me. This bag being slowly pushed off. Uh, Kim Raymond. Props to Kim Raymond. She's so good in this episode. Um, the way she's just like on the phone, like, oh, I'm going to try and get Paul out on a military transport. I think she's like, I haven't even told like his parents yet. Like, fucking oath, Audrey. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Um, but we get a great scene between her and Jack, and this is basically her breaking up with Jack. So, And this is, I guess, the last time that Audrey technically talks to Jack when he's alive um, because, you know, she's going to think he's dead very soon. Um, but, like, I just love this kind of moment, just the way, like, Audrey's just kind of like, look, you know, let's be honest, you belong here. We know what type of person you are. We need more people like you. Like, you're America. You're saving the world. Yeah. Just like, I just, I just can't be part of that. And just fucking Jackie is just like, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And she's just like, look, I just, after, and like, I love how she says after today, I can't because fair enough. I think they've been through yeah. a bit during the day. And I just think it, it just works really, really well. And I think this is arguably the last real, oh, I mean, we get some stuff next season, but there's some stuff between these two next season that really annoys me. Um, one storyline, but, um, I don't know, like season six, it's a bit of a plot twist around Audrey that season. And then when season nine, they sort of had maybe one or two scenes together. But this is kind of really the last moment between these two in a way. Cause it's, For the Jack and Audrey that like were introduced, yeah. Yeah, because like moving forward, it's just tension, will they, won't they? But they never really have like a real, they sort of do season five. I don't know. It's hard to explain without spoiling stuff. But um, it, no, it, it's it's an interesting way of looking at it because like I, I I kind of view that for a lot of the other characters too, like you know Jack and Kim, the last real as far as I'm concerned, the last Jack and Kim, the way that we know Jack and Kim is in season three, you know. Yeah. So yeah, everything's gonna change so much from this point forward. I mean, it's a different relationship. They're very different characters. Well, you get that with Jack and a lot of people. Let's be honest. It's really the last <laughs> Jack and Michelle. Common denominator here. Last Jack, Jack and David. Um. <laughs> 
I'm going to say technically the last Jack and Tony because Jack and Tony next season is different. So, yeah, this is, I mean, as much as we say that kind of like seasons one to three, four to six are kind of the, the main arcs and you get sort of seven, eight, nine and legacy are kind of separate in a way. Seven and eight, I guess, are connected. Well, sort of. Um, like it's it's more like this is closing a lot of chapters because you, you know. It's closing Jack's first chapter, I would say. Yeah, because like even next season, Jack's kind of in purgatory for the next two seasons in terms of relationships. Mm. I think it's mainly Jack. Especially with his brother and dad. Oh, well, don't mention that. <laughs> I think next season's really Jack and, I think the next two seasons are Jack and Chloe. That's really when they kind of escalate. Mm. Jack and Bill as well. Um, because yeah, Jack's really sort of a lone wolf a lot of the time sort of moving forwards because we kind of get a revolving doors of some of these main characters in the next couple of seasons. Anyway, point is, uh, what I, I want to move on to the Palmer Jack because I'll kind of escalate the whole China stuff moving forward here, but just this scene, you can talk about Michelle and Tony and I guess this Jack and Audrey scene because I love this Jack and Audrey scene. Yeah, the uh, the Jack and Audrey scene is interesting because uh, they even mentioned it on the commentary that the, the audience sort of had the expectation after the blow up they had that this would just be Audrey. Like, you know, I, I, I can't get over this. I'm still so angry. And what makes it most, and that's kind of the way I remembered it. Like it was the events of this day. That's just like, I can't be part of this, but it's, it's, it's like a nice farewell. And it's actually very realistic where she's like, listen, I'm not going to be that person who just blames you for everything. Like you did what you had to do. I'm not happy about it. But the main issue for me is that you're better off here, you know? Uh, And and what's interesting is it's not Audrey who's dumping him here. I mean, she kind of is. She's she's presenting him an option, essentially. Uh, she's selling him that option of don't be with me, be with CTU. Uh, and Jack takes it. So in the end, what's interesting about the scene is that it's it's kind of Jack's choice. But if Kiefer's performance, along with uh, Kim Raver's performance, but really Kiefer's performance, just the sadness that you see in him where it's like, no, I don't want to do this. But he's like, she's actually kind of right you know uh it's it's just it's played differently than i think you would have expected even one week ago or, or i guess the time is aired one hour ago and th- this is i'll try to do this without spoiling too much but we spoil stuff this is what annoys me so much when it comes to the renee stuff because i think what we get with jack's reaction to what happens to renee is so more escalated than what jack's reaction is to audrey and i think these are moments when you've got to, you're not going to remember this in five seasons time. We get to season nine and what happens to Audrey and Renee, very similar things, but like Jack's reaction to Renee is so much like, girl, I'm Jack and I'm going to do what I'm going to do versus what he does when Audrey stuff happens to her. And that annoys me. I I won't get into theories too much now without spoiling anything, but I, I feel like the, the working and personal relationship with Renee is a lot, different it, Audrey he's basically high he's he's playing Jack Bauer that she knows you know whereas with Renee it's very different it is Jack Bauer and they have that working relationship where they're kind of the same person yeah but yeah so I, I feel yeah, like no, I feel but, his reaction would be a little bit different and plus it's years later he's like am I going through this again yeah but like yeah but I see what you're saying but the, the issue I have is that what they do with Renee is they just try and force it down your throat that they change her on a dime to become like Jack Bauer. And it's just the, the, it's the season seven problem that they just make her into something that I feel they're forcing her down your throat. Like you've got to accept everything. And it's nothing against uh, Annie and, and anything like that. She does what she's great actor. And like, it's, it's, it, I'm just so conflicted on Renee and I've never been a fan. And then when they bring her back in season eight and really are like, Oh, she's really Jack now. She's going to do these things. And then they make it into that's a rushed. thing. They make it into something that's not a thing. Like to me, mm. this, 
forced this chemistry between Jack uh, between Kiefer and Annie. Don't get me wrong, but it's more of a they force it down your throat. Like these two are gonna be a thing. They're a thing for an hour. They fuck for like thirty minutes and then it's over. Like they don't hook up until one moment and then Renee dies. But like it's just it's. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. The point is, it's moments Couple like, seasons ahead of yourself. But this is what annoys me about what they do long term. Because I would argue, I, I okay, Terry is Jack's ultimate, but we yeah. obviously only ever have Terry for one season. And we know why that is the case. With Audrey, she's the longest term love interest of Jack in any mm-hmm. period of 24. She's in four seasons. Renee's in two. Terry's in one. Like... That sums it up. Connie, Connie Britton's, Britton's in five in episodes. <laughs> um, Connie Britton's a, a, a rebound. Let's be honest, rebound to Kim Raver. Yeah. Um, but like, but that's my point. That's and his gen. That that's his gen. He's one hundred percent his gen. But what a what a gen she is. <laughs> um, but like, th- that's just my frustration. But you know, long anything on Michelle and Tony before we kind of go forward? No, I, I like I. I really do think that they did the job well in wrapping up their story. Um, they, they sort of don't need to be in this episode in a weird way. Uh, but knowing what we're going to get the next time they're on screen together, I mean, it's good mm. that they at least have a final moment. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could have wrapped them up here. I think which I, I'd honestly yeah. probably be satisfied if we never saw Tony and Michelle again after this episode. Um, you know what? You know what would be interesting is to play out the the climax of this episode, and they're not even there. Like I, I feel like that would have made more sense for the character. We we're making a clean break. We don't I, need to be there. Look, we'll get to it literally the next episode. Well, as in next week, the two the next episode Two of twenty four. Yeah. We are we're, we're watching that. You know, obviously there's big you know things that are going to happen with these two. But realistically, if they didn't go that direction, and let's just say this was their last episode, you bring them back in like season seven, season eight. You'd be like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. Tony Michelle about, like, I think it would have worked. But uh, obviously they, you know, I'm still satisfied with what they do. Uh, so some of this I might breeze through and I might just kind of cl- like cap it till the sort of the closing scene. Because I think this this is where it gets like rushed, right? So we are, we're at the halfway point of the episode, literally right now when Audrey and Jack sort of have their little kiss. And then we get a phone call and Palmer's basically like, hey, Jack, old buddy, old pal. How you doing, champ? Yeah. So uh, bad news. Uh, China, kind of want you. Uh, you gone to jail. So, um, shit. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, thanks for your service and, uh, we'll, we'll chat to you later. Okay, bye. Uh, now, honestly, it's not like that. I've honestly marked this down as a, uh, potential top five scene because I, I love this scene. Like, fucking Jack and Palmer in this episode bring the feels because, like, literally yeah. you kind of have two good bye phone calls and just, like, every time Palmer calls him my friend, He's like, oh, you know, I wish we could do more, my friend. You're like, oh, Palmer. Like, oh. And again, we haven't seen these two in a room. And I'm going to get this right this time. Since like the assassination attempt at like the, what, the second last episode of season one. So basically the entire yeah. relationship we have between Palmer and Jack are phone calls. Um, but like, it's just, it's heartbreaking. I love the way Jack kind of slumps down on the wall when he realized Burns is like sold him out. Um, mm-hmm. So he's basically all just like, yeah, sorry, Jack. Sorry, buddy, but you, you you go in jail. But what does he say? Like, I will use every ounce of my being to find a way to get you back. Like, oh, like that's so epic. And actually, I want to backtrack a little bit. I love Dennis Haysbert's line when uh, Walt is basically saying, like, we need to get him killed. You know, he he will break or whatever. And Palmer says, like, what you believe is irrelevant. Like, I love that line. It gives me chills. He's so good in that scene. Dennis Haysbert, villain in Star Wars. Should be. He'd be great. Um... <laughs> So that's kind of set that up. And then we got, (laughs) 
Walt on the phone to Baldy McScary face here, um, old Secret Service guy. It must be done. We must execute Order 66. <laughs> you must kill Bauer now. And I, I kind of like, you know, okay, setting this up. But then I love old sinister Mike in the shadows. <laughs> I love how they just Peering like... around the corner. They move the camera around and you just see his head like... So I hear his plans. Like, it's so cheesy. Um, this is game 26 minutes to go on the clock and we're still like setting this up. So I love how we kind of come back. Mike's like, Power! I'm telling on Walt. He's doing bad things. Oh, what? You want me to confront the president? Yes. Okay. So then we've got old Logan, who, let's remember, like four or five hours ago, was like, oh, I can't be the president. I'm so scared. And now he's all like, get that prime minister a brunch with me. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's so like, he's just, he's, but like, this is a guy who, like, again, I'm sure, like, once on 9-11, here it is, brought up again, ding. Um, once they knew that all the threats were done, there was probably a sense of relief, right? And then there's that famous bit, I think Bush goes to Ground Zero the day after and he's all like holding hands with the FDNY and he's all like, fuck yeah, America. And he's got a smile on his face. And America felt like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, our president. But like, I love the fact that again, four hours, five hours removed from poor old President Keeler lying in a coma. A nuclear bomb's just been stopped. The Secretary of Defense has been kidnapped. There's a fucking nuclear meltdown. Edgar's mum and half that island are dead. <laughs> like, all the tragedies. And he's just like, oh, get me that Prime Minister. I know he loves it, you know. Prime Minister, come here, champion, buddy. <laughs> like, but having said that, like, it's kind of less like Logan. It's You know, you, you kind of like this um, turn of events from him. But fuck this speech between him and Palmer. Now I've marked this down as a possible top five. Just so good. And particularly knowing You played a part, David. You played a part. <laughs> knowing what's gonna happen. Because I mean this is an episode ago it's like you're to blame, Palmer now. Oh, <laughs> you're such a good guy. But you've got a big dick too. What can I do for you? Anything do you wanna who do you, which celebrity do you want to fuck? Uh, <laughs> you, here's a list of the available ones <laughs> who have thanked me this morning with boobs. <laughs> Uh, there's Renee Zellweger, by the way. Much better boobs than you thought she would. Uh, but <laughs> He's all like, well, you can stop your evil minions from killing Jack Bauer. What are you talking about? Walt! 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 He was on the phone. But you only heard one side of the phone call, David. He's like, no, but he's going to do this. And I just I just love this standoff between the two of them. It's so good. And he's just like, go back to citizen life, David. Go off. And what, is, what does Palmer say when... Oh, like... He doesn't say it quacks like a duck. What is he? What's the line he says when Logan's basically like, excuse me? And he's like, you heard me. Oh, hear no evil. Basically, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, hear no evil. And he's like, what did you just say to me? And he's like, you Very heard Very similar me. to walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Very similar. I'm often confused. <laughs> Famous sayings in, in history. But it's just, it's so good, this standoff. And again, last moment these two ever happen. Again, this is a key scene to remember about what's going to happen in the next episode of 24. But like, fuck, this is a good scene. Maybe we will just cap just to talk about this scene. This scene is so good. Potential top five. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, obviously, Logan has had a very sudden shift in his performance. But I feel like it totally makes sense. Because this is the guy who had no confidence because of the situation he was in. And now that it's all handled, he's cocky. He's Mr. President. Like, oh, like, even the way he said, you played a part, dude. <laughs> like, sure, you played a part. You did everything. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's it's... It's hinting at, again, some of the things that may come in season five. You know, even just the the attitude that he has, like, 
a couple of things. One, the the one earlier on was like, we will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. <laughs> that. And then all of a sudden here where he's smarmy and he's smiling and it, what can your president do for you, young man? <laughs> Come uh, in, jam, old buddy. Come here. <laughs> But like the funny thing is when I watched this the first time, I still was doubting whether Logan would come back. Mm. And they, we obviously are, are kind of theorizing here that like this is a setup for where they wanted to go with him. But I remember being like, oh, I'm, I'm, I really hope that they bring Logan back, but I'm not confident they will because it seems like, oh, this is this is just the the inept president and this is how it's going to end. But I mean, it's it's an amazing scene and both of them play it so well. And what I will say about next season, and I've sort of been outspoken in terms of, keep an eye on Logan and it doesn't really make sense is switch. But what does make sense, it's kind of similar to what I went on about um, Richard Heller. And again, I, I don't know if they knew maybe more long-term what they were going to do is sort of the seeds that you get with Palmer in that first episode that lead into what makes sense when they sort of have Wayne and then they bring Wayne back later in the season. Mm. That makes sense in kind of this whole plot with Logan. Whereas again, I don't know if that was long-term. So like if you actually watch next episode like if you right now watch episode 24 and then straight away watch episode one of season five and you kind of got this like concerned like hmm i'm a bit you know something's on my mind palmer and then you find out later in the season what happens it makes complete sense like it, it's it's mm-hmm. done very well and again we ever get you know the the writers creators on the show we can sort of question this like was this a plan or was this just fluked and you just kind of picked up on it um but it, yeah this scene is just amazing so good um Basically, from this point on, Jack's old having a chat. G'day, Tony. How you doing? Yeah, pretty long day we had today. You going back to Jen or do you want to go like, you know, go to Denny's or something like that? Nearly 7 a.m., get some good eggs or something like that. And then like <laughs> phone rings. Oh, God, g'day, Palmer. I thought we were done with it. Get out of there, Jack. What are you talking about, Palmer? They're coming for you. Do as you can. Don't turn yourself in. Run. They're everywhere. Run like a man. Um, now, again, marked this down. This is at 6.44. AM. Mm. So there is 16 minutes of this hour remaining. We get this look of Jack. He kind of looks at Tony, kind of has like a bit of like a hmm moment. So this is kind of where we're meant to believe. Obviously, we're about to get in a moment of like Jack's escaped. So I guess that's kind of meant to lead us to believe like, oh, Jack's gone rogue. He's like, you know, smack Tony. Now, I'm just going to go through this really quickly. I'm going to come back to this bit because basically old Baldy McScary face, secret agent, uh, secret service guys in. Hey, g'day, Bill. I've got orders. Stuff your orders. Uh, no, you're going to go get it. Eh, eh, eh. Oh, no, Jack's escaped. Pew, 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 shoot out. <gasps> you killed him. You killed Jack Bauer, you bastard. And then kind of, wah, wah, wah. They've all gone. Jack, <gasps> I'm alive. Uh, so <laughs> basically, they've faked this shootout so Jack can be pretend to be dead. It's only Chloe, Tony, and Michelle who know. That's important for the next episode. This is in 10 minutes. Nine minutes, I think, of screen time. Right? I'm not screen time of like real time. So yeah. from that phone call, we've got to believe that Jack at that very point when they cut away to Baldy McScary face went, Tony, they're coming for me. We need to fake my death. And Tony's gone, okay. And then they've basically gone, Michelle, hi. It's your lover boy. We're going to fake Jack's death. Okay. Chloe, Michelle here. We're going to fake Jack's death. Okay, don't tell anyone. All right, so what's going to happen? He's going to like knock Tony out. There's going to be a bit of a shootout. We're going to have to accidentally shoot him in the neck, just like Tony shot me in the <laughs> neck. Just, Tony's literally gone, Jack, if they shoot you here, you'll be fine. Um, and then pew, 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 bang, Baldy McScary face is fucked off and they're okay with some epi and F room or whatever it is in the chest. And they're all like, what did they say? Like, quick, 
We've got to swap out the body. Who's body? Are they getting poles? Like, I mean, <laughs> that dead Jack clone on ice. <laughs> um, and then basically they're all like, okay, well, that was easy. Like, again, on paper, I like this. I like the ending of this season because I like this idea of killing Jack off, faking his death, and setting this up for a very, you know, amazing season five. And let's be honest, it does set us up for an amazing season five. You can't fault the direction this takes the show. But mm-hmm. this is done in 10 minutes. Yeah. If this wasn't a real-time show, we wouldn't be complaining about this. And I get you've got to take liberties with the real-time format. But this has to be done over an episode, at least 20 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. this is where this episode is so rushed and disjointed. Kill Marlon off two episodes ago. Make this a two-episode arc. You fucking did eight episodes trying to find if a recording was real or not in season two. <laughs> so you've done it before. So this is where it's frustrating because it then takes away, and I'm going to cap it here because there's two amazing scenes at the end which bump this episode up, the Audrey and Bill scene and then just the closing scene in general are great. You kind of forget about this, but like where podcasters doing this 18 years later, you can't not complain about the ridiculousness of, of, of ridiculousness of it. I remember watching this live going, he's not dead. What? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know that he's not dead as an audience member, but I, I think the one thing I want to give this credit for is that it, it is, it is made for a first time viewer. Yeah. hundred um, percent. The fact that you don't know anybody's plans and you, you're watching this, even if you're as an audience member being like, they're not going to kill Jack Bauer off. The show is already renewed for season five, whatever. Uh, you're still messed up. You're like, I don't get what's going on. How is he not dead? How are they faking his death? How many of these people are involved? Who isn't? Uh, it's the fact they leave out that planning, the details that made this suspenseful and made it like so exciting the first time around, even if you still suspect he's alive. Uh, but there are certain things that don't necessarily work on a second view in the same way. Like take the last Jedi, the last Jedi, that moment where you see Luke facing down with, you know, the entire empire and you think he's deflecting all these bullets, everything or the, the blasters and uh, the, the fight with Kylo Ren. Yeah. The, the dusting off it, it works the first time you see it, but then you get that twist where it's like, Oh, so he's not actually there. He's somehow projecting himself across the galaxy yet still physically interacting with an environment. Yeah. Uh, it ruins it. And that's kind of what this is. It's great for a first watch, but on a rewatch, you pick all these holes in it. And the biggest problem is you pick the holes in it. It's like, well, how do they come up with this plan? Like in that, that one commercial break, did they all come together <laughs> in some you know secret meeting room? They got a whiteboard. Okay. Jack, you will be here at the Northeast <laughs> corner of the room. I will fire a shot at this. You, you'll have, you'll have a squib that goes off in your chest. And like this guy, they just assume this, highly trained killer is going to buy into all this. They don't, do they have time to close? Like, all right, I've got his profile up here and he's easily susceptible. If you you (laughs) you, you dim the lights by 30%, (laughs) there's just so much planning that would have to go into this. And if you do it spur of the moment, like it has to go off without a hitch and maybe it, it did go off without a hitch, but you're still left questioning afterwards where the guy's like, I didn't mean to actually kill him. Check for a bullet. Like, is this guy, wait a second, there's no blood there. Like, I, I don't know if I even caught it. Like, is there any hint that he was actually shot? Or they just say, oh, you there's have blood. shot him and he's dead. There's blood near his Okay, neck. but even still, like, Tony goes up and this is the 24th thing where it's like, this man is dead after, like, 10 seconds. I don't know, start 
you know, give him chest compressions, CPR. Uh, what if this guard had just started sucking face with Kiefer Sutherland trying to actually revive him, which <laughs> yeah, is what he should have done. But that's that's a big thing too, because no one here kind of like, they're just like, he's Tony's just like, he's dead. Damn it, you killed him. And Bill's like, I'm sorry. And these guys have to work. Yeah. <laughs> And Bill, the one guy who doesn't know, which again, great detail that yeah. Bill doesn't know about this. And you, so you get that conversation with Audrey coming up later on, but um, Bill, who doesn't know about this, should be like, okay, he, he's not breathing, but we can still revive him. We got, we got a surgeon right over there who's doing nothing since Paul died. So let me call up the surgeon. But that's, that's, you're exactly right. Because like, I mean, I guess, you know, CTU has form. I mean, they get a bomb go off, 30 people die in the building. They just go back to work an hour later with a bit of polar guts on the wall. But like, yeah, Bill literally just walks off. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Like, you're the director of CTU. We have to cordon off this area. There's going to be an investigation. How did Jack all of a sudden go from this to this? It makes, like, yeah. literally this great scene with Audrey. He's just like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Put an investigation into this. Like, I mean, it's just, you're just like, oh, well. Whew, well, I probably should go home now. The bomb stopped. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder if Karen, oh, I'm not having met Karen yet. Uh, she's next season. But, uh, you know. Oh, Karen's next season. I like Karen. Um, I, I I was trying to convince myself. I'm like, I think she's season five, but I thought she was season six. No, she yeah, she's next season. And there's a real person called Karen. We're not just calling her a Karen. Uh, we yeah, like Karen. exactly. <laughs> um, but she disappears out of 24 out of nowhere. She just kind of gets written off off screen. That's somebody I didn't realize just disappears out of nowhere. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just and it just it it takes away. But that's a great point. It's a first time watch, and. Yeah. You know, and it works the first time around. It does. Um, but like, I think we established how many times Jack Bauer dies in this show. This is mm-hmm. number two. Jack Bauer's killed twice. But like, but even it's the planning, it's sort of like, oh, quick, we have to get the epinephrine room to him straight away. Like, like this guy is literally being sent to kill him. So like, if he, as he said, he's a trained killer. Like, what if he actually did? I'm like, oh, fuck, they actually killed him. Shit. Well, well what, if, what if he just came back? Sorry, guys, I dropped my pen. Wait a second! That man's breathing now. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, this is, they've taken the cameras in there or something like that. Yeah. And we're gonna get them in the car like five seconds later. So we've established a new identity for you. It's like fucking <laughs> that easy, is it? I mean, I, Chloe's good. Um, anything to add? Because I'll, I'll close in these last two scenes. No, let's move on to the the, the uh, finale here. Two epic scenes here. Uh, so I, I like as silly as it is, Bill's just like, oh, well, another one dead on my watch. <laughs> um, like, I do love this reaction from Audrey. Like, Kim Raver just mm. sells it. Like, fuck anyone who complains about Audrey or fucking Kim in Third Watch because that's her character's name. Like, it just, she's just, she does it in such a believable way. The way she kind of just, like, walks off and then she kind of pauses and then she kind of does this thing in the wall and she just drops the papers. Like, like you and I have suffered the sadness of being told someone has died in our lives. And... It's not like it is in the movies where people are like, no, why? Like, you know, like people literally collapse. People like have these moments. It's stunning. It's shocking. Like, it's just, you have moments like this. And like the heartbreak that Audrey's had, this is the thing that I always connected with when I first saw this. Like you just, it hit you four hours, five hours ago. She had two guys she's fighting over. And in the space of a couple hours, she's lost them both. Now we know Jack's not really dead, but Audrey doesn't know that. And it's like fucking hell. Like you're just like, Jesus Christ, what has this woman had to deal with today? She woke up, you know, happy as Larry and, and pig in mud and having good old sex with Kiefer the night before and everything. And now here she is, her whole life just completely gone. Like fucking hell. Like I love, love, love this scene. I haven't marked this down as a potential top five because I guess you could kind of connect it with the end scene. But then the end scene, again, like 
not the greatest finale, but I still love this ending. Like when I did my 24 moments of 24, at that point again, as I think I've constantly said, I think that only went to like the first four episodes of season five. So I didn't have a whole lot of, not that there's a whole lot of later stuff to choose from anyway, let's be honest. But um, I had this in my top 20. I think this might have been 24 because I think when I've watched the 24 moments of 24, I always remember seeing this quite early. But basically, Jack's in this fucking hideous minivan Mercedes with Tony and Michelle. And they're all basically like, so we've secured you a new identity. Okay. And we've gotten you this phone. Thank you. For one minute, you can answer it and it won't be traced. Okay. I think this might be the last time we ever see each other. Okay. So he gets out of the car. By the way, I have a daughter looking on her. Oh, wait, I didn't mention that. Uh, like, there's got to be a line here of like, so were you looking on Kim and me? I know that is in the prequel. Uh, in the there, next- There's a deleted line, apparently. Okay. I, it's not in the deleted scenes, but I did. You know, I, I don't know if it was on the commentary or read the trivia that there was a line about that. Well, it's the prequel. And obviously we'll probably talk, well, we'll talk about the prequel in the premiere of, of season five. But so the prequel is basically Jack and Chloe. And there is a mention of, have you been checking in on Kim? So there is, um, but basically, you know, this is a joke. This is a great scene. Uh, you know, Jack sort of chatting to Michelle and again, very key scene considering that this is the last time Jack will ever be with Michelle, at least on screen. And the last time Jack and Tony really have like a, a sort of a proper moment. And also it is the debut of Jack's man bag. I'm just saying this. This is this is a. We've talked about Cubby being a beloved figure in the 24 fandom and all these other things. Jack's fucking satchel. I think it, I'm pretty sure it has a wiki page. I there was a love of Jack's man bag. Seriously, this was weird. And they the 24 writers knew it, so they deliberately like made him have this bag for like large portions uh, of the remainder of the show. I didn't know about that. So this, I, but but. I, as soon as you see it, you recognize it because it's like it's it's the most uh, important part of his costume. I really need to track down. I remember like back in the live journal days and the fan community of the forums back when I was watching this live, there was a whole thing about Jack's satchel, uh, like Jack's bag. It had its world of its own. But anyway, well, we had this great, great phone call between Jack and Palmer. This is the last time Jack and Palmer ever talk. And like even the line when Palmer says like, this might be the last time we ever talk. I wonder if they'd planned that at that point. I remember watching this live going, oh, no, it's not. They're going to be having like bowling sessions in a couple of seasons time or something like that. But it's just like, like the way, like, you know, like it's a bit cheesy when he says for all intensive purposes, Jack Bauer is now dead. Like clearly a, you know, a trailer line, whatever. But like, it's just the way that there's like, it's been an honor, sir. And like, I wish it could have been under different circumstances and just, oh God, it's such a scene, like easily a top five moment for me, Mark down. And just, it's a little bit cheesy, Jack walking off into the sunrise. It should be the sunset, yeah. let's be honest. A little bit cheesy. I love it, though. But it's great. Although I do want to kind of see the, dit, 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 dit. Jack walks off and he's kind of like, <sighs> okay, uh, so where now? <laughs> Denny's. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the, the filming of this, like just the, the, the orange glow and the dun, 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 like the Sean Callery score. Dit, 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 dit. This is the first season we have not ended on a silent clock no we didn't end on a silent clock in season three did we uh no it didn't end on a silent clock when he cried didn't no um i stand corrected but one of the uh rare occasions that we don't end on a silent clock do we in season five uh, anyway thinking out loud great <laughs> ending um we do in season six uh fantastic ending uh for a very rushed and weird episode 
one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier, I'm talking about the, the deleted Beirut scene um, where he's coming in. The second half of that scene was basically a repeat of like the, the Chloe and Jack. You know, if you ever need to talk about anything, I'm here. <laughs> it's it's the exact same team between her and Edgar. And the difference is Edgar, because he's Edgar, is like, thanks, Chloe. I really appreciate that. <laughs> not Jack, like, what? <laughs> but Chloe's really like, this is her day. She's like, I'm going to be a supportive friend to people. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be a shoulder to cry on. Uh, but I know that like the last couple scenes here are amazing. Uh, I do have the Palmer and Jack scene almost purely for the the importance of it when you have these two characters are so closely connected like it was their show for really four years i mean a little bit less than season four but four years to have the final phone conversation and to have one of these goodbye scenes actually be a goodbye scene uh Mm. you know i I think it really works Uh, i don't know whether this would make a top five moments if i wasn't looking at it from the point of view of like this is important but we've had other things in our top five before where it's like oh it's the significance of this and not necessarily how great the scene is um yeah the 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 final uh moment of him walking off into the sunrise like there are certain images that are just ingrained in your brain like when Mm -hmm. you think about 24 you'll look back and you'll think of you know, season one and, uh, you know, David Palmer giving a speech right before like the, the first one with episode eight or whatever uh, assassination attempt um, or Jack with Terry in his arms, you know, uh, Mason flying the the plane down in season two. Jack looked to Chloe uh, a few weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. But this is that season four moment. Whenever I would think about season four, this is what would be in my mind, along with like Heller, you know, uh, in custody or whatever or or in the bunker um with with uh audrey but this moment this is like one of those most important 24 moments and i feel like this is something that over and over again whenever it would be like recapping 24 you would always see this final moment of him walking off in the sunrise so uh i mean it is very obvious what they're going for we're going to have him walking off into the sunrise as opposed to the sunset but the image just works so well uh, I, I feel like as rushed as this episode was, they took their time with like the final scenes, like the the Bill and Audrey conversation, the uh, the the Jack and Popper phone call, and everything. Like taking their time with those scenes, which is probably the reason why we're talking about those as potential top five moments, because everything else in the episode is so bang bang bang. Uh, but they really do nail it here with like the final moment, and and like you, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is it, this is the end of twenty four. But like you could have played this as the end of a series if if you weren't already smartened up to how twenty four works, you would think, wow, did I just watch the final episode of a TV series? Um, but I, I think I was already running in my head, okay, I know where season five is going to go from here. And I think you know, season three, if it did anything, it was sort of, it took that expectation away that every season of 24 has to end on this massive, like cliffhanger, right? Cliffhanger. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, this is a cliffhanger because the audience doesn't know where you're going and you're taking everything about Jack Bauer away. But yeah, it's not like cliffhanger, you know, in terms of Terry's death or Mm. David's assassination attempt. And moving forward, like I, I would argue the season five finale is very similar to this. Like it's sort of, it's more of a, a plot twist but it's also left on a an open-ended way. Like, it's like, oh, that's going to be an interesting direction, what they're going to go with. You kind of know what's going to happen after that, but it's also, it is definitely a plot twist. Um, and then six is very, like, a season three ending. Seven, fuck, I can't remember what fucking happens to that and Jack and Kim in bed or something like that. Um, and see, not like that. Like, what? What? <laughs> Jack, Jack's sick. Remember that? Um, and then eight, yeah, nine. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, no, it's a good point you make, though. It is one of those, like, really scenes that you do remember. Because, like, really... Iconic image. 
because like on all those ones that I talk about with the finales, like five, I'd argue iconic image in the top of my head. If you think really hard about season six, I think that's a pretty iconic image of how six ends. Mm. Seven, eight. Yeah, there's that famous picture of him on the screen. And nine, as much as I love the nine finale, there's really not really like an iconic way that ends, if you know what I mean. Like it, it took me to read. It's an iconic way the season opens, but yeah, not ends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple of interesting trivia bits here. So actually, I'm glad I, because I, I go back to that point where I said like Michelle and that were like, oh, you've got a minute on your phone call until you get mm. traced. So when he's on that call to Palmer, I'm thinking like, oh, I wonder if they like kept up with that. If Is that under a minute? Apparently it's 59 seconds. So they did. That was yeah. pretty smart. Um, I like that. Apparently the F-18 pilot was a real Marine, Major Michael Borgschult. Uh, apologies for swearing. Uh, apparently this was the <laughs> first ever episode of 24 to be filmed in HD digital cameras. There you mm-hmm. go. Dates this episode a little bit, uh, but there you go. Um, I like how they say about Walt Cummings, they keep saying he's security chief as opposed to his White House chief of staff, but I'm pretty sure, I think in season five, they talk about him being promoted to chief of staff. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I thought like earlier in the season, he is serving the role of a chief of staff. I think that would be my argument. Well, I, I, yeah, my argument too would be like, this is literally the vice president. You know, he got appointed, you know, confirmed. One thing I actually, I want to just quickly say on Walt is I do like the fact that going into season five, we kind of know he's evil. Like, I mean, you would argue he's not evil, but, you know, he went behind the president's back to try and organize something bad. So I, I like this. It's a unique way of like having a quote yeah. mole is the fact that we automatically start season five knowing that this guy is not good news. So mm-hmm. that's what I kind of like with that. They don't just kind of throw that on us in like a couple of episodes time in season five. Um, also, this is the last season finale to have a split screen, a final split, split screen until season nine. So that's kind of interesting. So basically our last... I guess uh, four seasons of the regular season run kind of all end without a split screen. That's mm-hmm. what that means, Ben. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I don't know if there's any ones of these other trivias and other ones aren't super amazing. No, I, I just like the one where you're reading about the first one filled in HD, how they feel the need to point the, the lighting and filming oh, board, much similarity to the collateral, which at this point, Collateral was the only high-definition film that was ever released, and mm-hmm. I think it was the only one that was filmed in Los Angeles as well. So <laughs> connect the dots. High-definition in Los Angeles. Wow, it looks so much like Collateral. I just want to, like, because this is the last time I can read from the official companion seasons three and four by Taradulu. As a time of recording this, I do not own the season five one, but I am uh, hoping to find and a copy it. of it. I think there's only, I think literally they only ever did one for five and six. I don't think they ever did one for seven, eight, or nine. But uh, there's it kind of just goes into about... Uh, season four having the highest death counts of all seasons to date. Uh, apparently 225 people were dead and Jack Bauer killed 39 of them. I dispute that because how many people are on that 747 in season one? Yeah. 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 So I, I think that is incorrect. Tara DeLulio. Uh They talk something here about the whole needle in the heart. Um, and then sort of the main bit, the image of Jack Bauer walking away from his life to start anew in the enormity of his death is one of the most poignant moments ever on screen. As a new day dawns in Los Angeles, the season comes to close and the future of Jack is absolutely uncertain leading into season five. Actor Keith Sutherland said he loved the ending and where it left Bauer emotionally. Dramatically, it was an amazing device, his death. What, what really interesting was for David Palmer's character, it was sad because he was losing a friend for all the other people. I, I love how like Kiva probably doesn't even remember what the fuck he is. If, I, if we met Kiva Sutherland tomorrow, Jack, 
Uh, Kiefer, I'm not Jack Bauer. Uh, can you read this? Do you agree with it? I don't remember fucking saying that. Like that's yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that the end of Touch? Yeah. <laughs> when are we doing Touch? Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm still buying this episode. I spoiled that already. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the strong parts of this. I think the key point you said are memorable. You mm-hmm. remember Jack walking into the sunset. I remember Jack's conversation with Palmer. I remember Audrey's reaction. I remember Audrey's conversation with Jack. I remember the Logan Palmer stuff. Like these are all things I remember and the stuff, there's nothing bad in this episode. It's just not put together right and rushed. So that's why Mm. I say like, this is a bad finale and it's kind of like they like season four. And we'll talk about this more next week. It's an interesting beast. There was never that clear, like, this is, it's a virus, it's a nuclear bomb. Like, there was all different cogs in the kitchen that kind of made this uh, a convoluted but interesting season. And then that kind of comes to a forefront in the finale, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's a buy from me still, Colin. Yeah, still a buy from me. Um, it's interesting for my ranking here. Uh, I have this in my top 30, so it's ranked 29 overall for me. Um, but it's only my eighth highest rank to the season. Uh, so it's in the top third of the season. Um, top third, I guess, in overall uh, episodes too. But I mean, for a finale, this is definitely lower. But you're right. The, it's the strong moments that make this. I think if you had stripped out some of those final moments and you just had this you know, as the action sequence and then faking Jack's death and you somehow just ended the episode there, oh, he's not actually dead. And that's the end of it then it's probably like a top 50 episode at best. But I still have it at 29 right now. Yeah, I've got it. Actually, I mean, seemingly the stuff I've talked about in this episode, I've actually got it quite high. I've got it at 23, and it's actually the sixth highest of this uh, season, according to what I'm looking here. Um, but, yeah, it's the lowest of the finales. So, uh, obviously, season one finale is number one overall. Uh, season two finale is number 19 overall. And season three finale, I've got it number six overall. And then overall, overall, uh, overalls. Do you wear overalls, Colin? Um, this actually will finish at 46th out of 216 episodes, which uh, I'll just point out once again, this is higher than any season seven episode. So, <laughs> and any season uh, legacy episode. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, which obviously next week will be our season, oh, say season six recap, our season four recap uh obviously going over the bits and pieces coming up with the top five ranking the seasons it gets more interesting the more these go on and ranking the seasons because uh in a couple of seasons time we would have uh, surpassed the longest uh tv show we've covered i think we've only walked on to a maximum of season six before with both third watch and uh what's that other show we did lost that was the one and nip tuck went to season six so um so we've never gone past a show that's had six seasons before so uh hello and and seven and we're gonna reach that in the middle of season six because lost had abbreviated season. And so did, uh, Nip Nip Tuck. Tuck. those weren't like 22 episodes. Third watch didn't though. Third watch. Well, although 24 said, episodes versus 22. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that is very true. But one thing I'll say, so obviously that we'll probably maybe talk a little bit more about the premiere of season five. Maybe we can talk a little bit about more. I think what we're going to get for season five, we're, we're there. We're basically there. And I mean, Everybody always says season five is the best season of 24. It, it mm. won Emmys. It, it, you know, Keith got his Emmy. Uh, the show got its only Emmy in terms of best drama. Like it had won Golden Globes before, but it never won Emmys before. And I mean, God, like we talk about the first four episodes being amazing. Um, the fourth episode of season five is episode number 100. They deliver. 
um, get Connie Britton uh, in a couple of weeks as yes. well. But like the first episode of next season is often regarded as the greatest episode in the history of 24. I'm going to spoil this right now. And I'm going to say that of 216 episodes of 24, it comes in at number four on my overall list. It is wow. that good. Are you, are you wows in it's high or wows in it? You think it would be higher? Well, no, no, I'm, I, I don't really know where I would place it. Cause uh, I, I feel like the first 10, 15 minutes is everything that is great about this episode, but the ending's the a lot time, better than you, know, you remember too. I'll just say well, that. And, and again, I, I don't even necessarily remember that much else about it, but, um, but it's, it's like the Chappelle episode. You know, I sort of wondered, Oh, is it just because of that last final scene? And then the rest of the episode was amazing. I remember watching this live was not spoiled and holy crap. Was I completely fucking yeah. just mind fucked. <laughs> Um, because there are two key moments in this episode where you're like, you think 24 is like pull one over your eyes. The fact that they do this twice in an episode, it's insane. And I think what season five, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about this week, just does so well is like with most of the seasons of 24, when it hits these highs, you think, oh yeah. And it's going to like hit a low for a little bit and come back there. Are, I think I've got two bins in the entire season and one rent. I think the rest are all buys. Uh, two rents and two bins. So 20 of these episodes are buys next season. Wow. Um, and like we get a very strong stretch. I literally bin one episode in the first 10. And then after that, like, so basically in the first 17 episodes, uh, first 16 episodes, I have one bin, the rest are buys. It's like that strong. Um, and I will argue episode 12 might be even better than episode one. But anyway, it's an amazing season. There are some issues with it. It's not perfect like everybody remembers it. There are still some very glaring issues with season five. And I still will say this. It may not come out as my number one season out of all of the 24 seasons. It's it's a toss-up between this and another one of that the seasons. Eight. Absolutely. Legacy. I've come around with it. But, I mean, are you excited? Because like, this is the one I feel that like everybody remembers and talks about, which makes me sad about yeah. season one because, you know. But, yeah. I still think that five is the granddaddy of 24. This is the spy who loved me of, of 24. Yeah. Uh, every time we finish a season, I always want to jump right into the next one. But of course we have the, the season recaps to do in between. So there's a lot of a wait, but this one, I was really tempted with this one. Cause I'm like it, it, even though four kind of ends and it has like its own ending, us knowing where season five starts, you want to watch that back to back, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm very tempted and I'm, I'm, I'm just counting down the hours until we record the season uh, four recap. So we can start watching season five. And there's obviously a prequel as well, which um, is out there, which uh, we'll obviously do a little bit of a recap in episode one. Uh, in the meantime, do all the things you do at the end, like subscribe, follow all of that sort of stuff uh, this week on Australia V Canada month or Canada v Australia month or Canada and Australia month. Colin doesn't want to call it versus because all wokeness. Uh, kids in the hole, brain candy. Yes. What an episode that was, Colin, wasn't it? How we recorded that and did all those things, which was funny. Oh, that hilarity. Great. Um, and other great episodes of the Oz Network your mother's eighth favorite podcast. My name is Ben and what you believe is irrelevant. And my name is Colin and if it quacks like a duck. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.